ejected as he tried to flee the scene, leaving another inside with a Stanley knife to the throat of the terrified Somali shopkeeper. Against Lin's advice, the incident commander had allowed the youth's mother to talk to the boy directly, and her pleas for him to surrender had succeeded where Lin's had so far failed. Bad practice, but a good result. The shopkeeper unharmed, the youth walking out in tears into his mother's arms. This particular morning it was a thirty-four-year-old engineer who'd returned from a six-month stint in Bahrain the previous evening to find his wife in bed with his ex-best mate, the three kids all downstairs, clustered round the television, watching Scooby-Doo. The mate had legged it, leaving his trousers dangling from the bedpost, and the wife to face the music. Neighbours had registered a lot of banging and shouting, but not thought too much of it, until, in the early hours, the oldest of the children, barely seven, had shinnied through the bathroom window and gone running to the nearest house. My dad's going to kill my mum. He's going to kill us all. By the time Lynn had arrived, the street had been cordoned off, the house surrounded. Anyone with a close knowledge of the interior and the family debriefed, both the layout and the names and ages of those inside clear in their minds. Firearms officers were already in position, ambulances ready and waiting. What the boy had told them was halting and confused. Some of the time he seemed to be saying that his father had a gun, and sometimes not. They weren't about to take any chances. The incident commander was Phil Chambers, a detective superintendent Lynn had worked with once before, a murder-suicide out at Ollerton. A husband and wife had been together for forty-seven years and wanted to end it the same way. Ben Fowles was the senior firearms officer at the scene, a good thirty pounds heavier than when Lynn had first known him, the pair of them young CID officers working out of Canning Circus Station, Fowles moonlighting most weekends, fronting a band called Splitsoid that somehow never seemed to have made the grade. There was telephone contact with the house, but after the briefest of conversations, little more than grunts and curses, the connection had been broken and the man had so far refused to pick up again. Lynn was forced to resort to a loud hailer, self-conscious despite herself, knowing that all of the assembled officers would be hearing what she said, how she handled the situation, listening and judging. The man had stepped into clear sight several times, once with what looked like a kitchen knife held against the side of his wife's throat. Not an easy shot, but possible. Nine times, maybe, out of ten. Not a risk they were anxious to run. Not yet, anyway. Lynn had seen Chambers and Ben Fowles several times in close conversation, weighing up the pros and cons. The decision to shoot theirs and not hers. Neither of the remaining children, a girl of five and a three-year-old boy, had been seen for some time. Let the children go, Lynn said, her voice echoing across the late morning air. The sun up there somewhere, trapped behind a bank of cloud. Let them come outside. Their grand's here. She can look after them. Let them come to her. The grandmother was standing off to the left of the cordon, with other members of the family, agitated, distraught, chain-smoking silk cut. A deal had already been struck with a local reporter, who was a stringer for one of the nationals. My little angels, a grandmother's anguish. Should the worst happen. Let me see them, Lynn said. The children. I just want to be sure they're all right. A short while later, he held them up awkwardly to the window, both crying, the boy squirming in his hands. Let them go now, Lynn said. Let them out, and then we can talk this over. Nobody's hurt yet. Nothing's happened. 
You should let them go. Half an hour later, the front door opened just wide enough for the girl to squeeze through. For a moment, out there on a square of cracked paving, she froze before running towards a female officer who scooped her up and carried her off to where her grandmother was waiting. Another minute, and the little boy followed, running, falling, scrambling to his feet, and then falling again. The mother's face showed anxious at the upstairs window, before she was pulled away. "'Let your wife out now,' Lynn said. "'Then you and I can talk.' The window was thrown suddenly open. "'The only way she's coming out in a fucking box!' And the window slammed shut. "'Could have taken him then,' Ben Fowl said softly at Lynn's shoulder. "'Back home in time for a spot of lunch. "'Not my call. I know.' "'What's the thinking on the gun?' Lynn asked.